everybody, welcome back to the Hyrith and Other Words podcast. I am your host, Timothy Mangle, and this week with me is Julie Wirt. She's a local lawyer and running for judge. Yes, common pleas judge, yep. One more time? Common pleas judge. Okay, so what exactly is that? So... You would think the the preliminary hearing stage, like the lower level judge is a magistrate judge, so they are in different areas, like mm-hmm. Tamaqua and Chinado and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, common pleas judge is a judge at the courthouse here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like the courthouse that I can like, that literally see out the yeah. window behind you? Yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, I mean, this is the first time that we've ever met. I asked you before if we mm-hmm. had met before, but uh, so this is the first time. So do you mind just giving me and uh, the listeners a little bit of uh, just your backstory, how you got into uh, law and all these things, and yeah, we'll we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, I grew up in Pine Grove, so I graduated from high school there, okay. and then I went to the University of Pittsburgh, oh, and nice. I yeah, I studied art, history, and business. I was oh, really? a dual major. Yes. Don't wow. ask me the names of any paintings or <laughs> to identify them because I won't be able to do that. But that's funny. Um, yeah, art, history, and business. And then I went to Widener University School of Law in Harrisburg. Okay. So when I graduated there, I actually clerked for a judge here in the county, and I've been here the whole time. Wow. Um, I have my own, like, law practice now. Wow. And I work, uh, I have a contract with Women in Crisis, so right. I help domestic violence victims, and I'm also at the DA's office, so I'm a prosecutor. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. A lot of good legal hats. So... How long do you have to go to school to be a lawyer? Three years. Three? Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you decide after like art school and business school that this was something you wanted to do? Um, I think when I was at the University of Pittsburgh and I was studying art history, I took art history. I initially went because I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> um, took some art history classes and I really liked it and it was... I liked it, but it was also, it came naturally to me, you know, Mm. and it involved a lot of writing, which I do anyway. So I took that as like um, something that I could definitely do Mm -hmm. and that I really enjoyed. So I would excel at it. Mm. But then I was like, all right, I need to like balance that a little bit with Mm -hmm. some practical skills. So that's why I I did some business classes there too. Um, And then as I was going through that, I was like, why? what am I going to do when I graduate? I'm like, well, maybe I'll go to law school because then at least I could, if I could become this like successful, like auto accident attorney, I could make millions of dollars. And then that never happened. (laughs) I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. So did you, so what, was there like a driving force behind like wanting to get into law or anything like that? Not necessarily. I think I was just looking for a way to understand things and how they go. Understand a process. Here is a law. It's Isn't it clear cut? Can, can we make something mm-hmm. clear cut where we know this is what the answer is? Mm. And I think I thought it might be more like that. And mm-hmm. it turns out it's not like that at all. No, yeah. I'm sure there's yes. a lot of like, I, I want to say canoodling, but that's not the right word. But like the idea of like looking at a law and yes. then figuring out, well, what does this actually mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. I'm actually super excited for this conversation because I don't think I've ever talked to anybody about wow. this. Okay. Um, so it's I always get very excited, like diving into new fields, and also I feel like it's a lot of like, f- you know, question fun questions to ask for people at home who are like, I've also never had a you know a conversation with a mm-hmm. lawyer or someone who's trying to be a judge, you know, like, um, yeah. So I I'm. I'm very 
Did you did you feel like when you were in law school, did you notice that, or did you notice this in yourself, this idea of, I guess, how did the complexity of laws and all of these things first appeal to you? Where, or maybe appeal to you, but also how did it, what did it look like when it came to you? Do you have any like examples of like times from school that you were like trying to figure out a law or, or something like that? Not really. I mean, we we looked, I mean, we read so much mm. and, and we would debate things. And it really was less about finding the right answer than connecting the dots to support mm. your argument. So, mm. um, you know, as part of like any type of exam, we would have essay questions and, and you'd have to come up with an answer. And it wasn't always the right answer. But as long as you explained yourself, you were fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and I always had this idea that I wanted, I did want to help people. Mm -hmm. I always thought I'd be like a family law lawyer or something and I wouldn't go into court because I was very nervous about speaking in front of people so I, I was like I'm never gonna do that and mm. now I I do it all the time yeah and I never thought I would end up there mm. but you know I, I I remember I don't remember a lot from law school but I remember I had a professor sure. from and he had graduated from Harvard and was a law clerk for like a United States Supreme Court mm. judge and he was like terrifying and half the people quit the class it was a criminal law class but i'm like oh, i'll stick around and mm -hmm. he um we had this big assignment uh to write something so of course i did i spent all my time on it and when i got it back i got a c on the paper and i was oh, devastated no. i was like how am i gonna help people if i can't even get a good grade and on this, in this class yeah. you know mm -hmm. and i was like this is devastating and then i i'm like i have to quit school this is never gonna work out and then you know i was like wait a second this guy never practiced a day in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I went back to school and I saw him and I'm like, I still have more trials under my belt than you. Right. And it's, I, I remember hearing uh, this pastor that I used to be really into talk about how he got his first pastoring job. And mm -hmm. he's, you know, like there was a lot of like questions of like, you know, well, when was the Bible canonized or mm -hmm. when was this like just all these like big theological like Christian what church questions or whatever. But there was he said there's like there's no questions about like, how do you treat your wife? Yes. Like, do you do you are you a kind, loving person? Mm -hmm. Like, what about these things? You know, and I think that's something that hard in oh, man. Let's just dive right in, because I, I, I just I feel like our society doesn't really know how to handle morals. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because that word is so, I want to say a little bit taboo. Like if you mm -hmm. say like, you, you know, you don't want to be said you're a moralist person, but you also don't want to be like, oh, you're, you know, you're too moral because that sounds like prudish or like yeah. too conservative or whatever. But I also feel like we as a country or just as a society don't have things that we really value at our core. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's one of the things that I do admire about like, you know, the constitution or like some laws that are put in place or like these are put in place because they're, they're realistically the best things for you. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you would sit and think about like, and I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, no, but like I was, you know, obviously I was thinking about this yeah. today and I was thinking about the, cause I'm a very big picture guy. I'm like, I'm always asking like, how did we get here? Um, and I think about like societies for the longest time didn't have this idea of a free individual. Mm -hmm. Like you're only subjugated to the wills of the state or whatever. And I know it feels like that sometimes. But realistically, the laws and 
I guess, the underlying thesis or whatever you'd want to say about the way that we structured the West that, like, we believe each individual is capable to be responsible for their own decisions, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, it sounds scary if you're, like, scared of responsibility or whatever, but also it's this beautiful thing of, like, no, we believe in you as an individual to make the right choices Mm -hmm. and to be the best version and... And having a society of people who we approach like that is better than just having like, you know, a, a tyrannical king or whatever it would be just saying how mm-hmm. things are, whatever. And I, that's, I don't know, for me, that was something that I, I just found myself today sitting and kind of rejoicing a little bit in of like, man, thank God I live in a country where I'm allowed to like, where the, the people in charge, however I feel about them, still have the right or still are under the obligation to view me as an autonomous, you know, conscious, free will having individual. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I think that's so great. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to think about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, what's what's been like the biggest driving force for you in this, in either in your campaign or in, in your law career? Um. As far as, I guess, campaign or, or, you know, deciding to run for judge. I, I, yeah, because even where did that come from? You know, it. I can't pinpoint one thing. Mm. A lot of it is that I've done so much and I've seen so much that I have personal beliefs about how I think things should be handled, how mm. I think maybe we could do some things better. And, and um, so I know what I've seen and what I like and what, what I don't like. Um you know, I also thought, what type, if I, you know, what type of judge would I want to practice in front of if I could pick, like, mm. the perfect one or, or someone who I think would uh, really consider maybe what a person's story or, or, you know, hear people out, things like that. What would I, and I was like, well, be someone like me, right. you know, and I, I had spent my entire career, I, I'm not political, so mm. I don't, I've never done anything where with the thought, well, I'm doing this because this is a favor to someone and they can give me this favor. Like, right. So everything I did was because at that moment I had a client who, whether it was a criminal defendant or a victim or whatever, who needed my assistance through something. Mm-hmm. So it was never about, well, I have to win this trial so that I have this statistic that says this. It was about, right. like, I just feel like I have all of these stories to, like, relate to mm-hmm. people. Like, I have so many stories and I can feel like I can comfort people and say, well, I had a woman who experienced this and, and they're like, oh my gosh, that that's exactly what it is. Right. You know, and so I feel like there is this place where, and it's a, like a courtroom where I can hear stories and I can understand where people are coming from. Right. So it's not only about being fair and impartial, but it's hearing people out and understanding like their life, you know? Right. We all, I mean, look at our families. We all have people with, um, that could be, have substance abuse issues, mental health problems, like an understanding that that, that goes on everywhere. Mm-hmm. And having compassion for that, I think, is important. So really it comes from just just wanting to be like a, a good person and, right. and, and hear people out. And maybe I can make a difference, you know, mm-hmm. with, if it's just one person, it's one person, but maybe I can have someone do something better i mean we right. have we have cases where you know I, I i've seen defendants they go to state prison and it's like they're it's horrible and they'll come back and they'll thank the judge and be like you know 
that actually put me on the right path because mm. I was able to do these programs or right. whatever. Now I'm reconnecting with my family and right. and it's like there there can be some good out there and maybe we right. can make the world a better yeah. place. Right. Yeah. As uh, ambitious or naive as a naive, goal as yes. a sound. And it's <laughs> and we were talking a little bit about this off mic but it's like man it's it's better to be somebody who's at least trying to make the world better than mm-hmm. to just be someone who you know sits on the on the sidelines as kind of the game is being played yeah. right and you know and it's and it just sounds so cliche or whatever but it's like man you just don't know the impact of one good deed mm-hmm. you know and cuz the world is just so easily filled with negativity and all the synonyms for that um but it's 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 a it's a thing of intentionality to right to choose to be doing good to to like you're mm-hmm. saying to sit back and and be able to you know be what's the the right word um you know unpartial uh not partial unbiased yeah. all of these things and i i really do appreciate um that you understand that people didn't get where they are just, you know, in a puff of smoke. Like yeah. it actually, there's there's a history of events that happened to lead that yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Regardless of, again, if it's a victim or um, somebody who's uh, the victor or, or not the, whatever the word would be. Yeah. Um, causing the harm, the abuser. That they didn't just like wake up and like decide to be this yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, the same thing with drug addicts. It's like, you know, you just... You know, I, I remember saying this to somebody one time, and I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. I think it might have been. But I remember saying, I'm like, you know, no drug addict I've ever met has been like, I had a good life. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I I got here just, yeah. I don't know how I ended up here. Most of yeah. them are pretty much like, yeah, I can tell you like what happened to me and like mm-hmm. how I how I got here. It's, yeah. it's pretty clear for them. Um, And so I think, again, we're at this weird intersection in society of being able to see like because i i see these debates a lot online and i'm sure you do the idea of like um mental illness versus choice and and all of those mm-hmm. things and i think a lot of people want to either draw a line in the sand and say it's one or the other because we we don't have space for paradox or for this idea of well two things can happen that look different and mm-hmm. you know exist mm-hmm. within the same person um, so you have somebody who's has, um, you know, whatever depression is or, you know, uh, manic behavior, bipolar disorders, personality disorders, whatever it is mm-hmm. that these people are subjugated to. But then they also have the to the extent of their ability to make choices, you know, so mm-hmm. it's. I, I think it's a lot easier for people to be like, I think this or I think that instead yeah. of like just sitting with these individuals and just being like, talk to me. Tell me yeah. how you you got here, you know? Yeah. Um, have, have, have you always been someone who's like listens or like wants to like see how a person yes. has gotten to where they are? Is that yes, like a, been very, a big trait? Like I, I'm, I mean, I... I'm not easily bored. Like I could find hey. interest in almost anything. Okay. And pe- like people, the way they process information can be amazing, and the way they tell you things, and it's it's eye opening to see how people perceive the world because they don't mm-hmm. perceive it like I do. And mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's interesting to hear people talk about that. So I, I always would rather listen to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I mean, I have crazy stories that I can sure. tell all, all over. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. hearing what people have gone through and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and everyone has stories, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that they don't. Um, but you do because mm-hmm. you're just experiencing things and like ev- everyone has s- something to share with the world. And I also really like the idea of. And this is something that I'm not a very good listener, and I would love to be a, a better listener. That's part of why I do this, um, because you know I I learned this from Jesus, and I know I've talked about this before in the podcast. Is whenever somebody would come up to him and ask him a question about, like, you know, what do you think about this or whatever, he would always say, "Well, what do you think?" Mm-hmm. And I, I love that for two reasons: one, being because you can start a conversation from the other person's perspective, and then instantly like yeah. know how like their jumping off point. But also, they're gonna fill you in on the gaps in your own perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna see something if you're coming to a person with, if somebody comes to you, it just whenever if you ask a person a question or like the Jesus circumstances I just set up, if you learn to listen properly, those individuals will teach you something that you didn't already know or show you something that you Mm -hmm. already didn't know and that is one of the best mindsets that i think any person can develop is this idea of whoever you're with is is their own universe they're this crazy phenomenon that's Mm -hmm. different from you and different from me and you know just different from everyone and how they ended up to be this crazy whirl of, you know, stories and emotions and experiences and feelings and trauma and victories mm-hmm. and all these things. It's like you you just couldn't even begin to know that about a person until mm-hmm. you, like, learn to listen and, yeah. and sit with a person. Yeah. Um, that's funny because that's usually what I do with my children when they ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what do you think? Because hmm. just to get their perspective, and it can be almost right. anything, but that's kind of how I approach it, just to figure out, like, wh- what are you leaning towards? Well, kids are the best when it comes to that, right? Because, yeah. like, A, they don't have the words to describe mm-hmm. anything, so they're grasping at straws and they're using, like, the like the most childlike answers that they yeah. can come across. is mm-hmm. just like, well, I think this or, like, whatever, and... That's like uh, one of my friends just had a baby and whenever like somebody in my circle has a baby, it's always like, what do you know that like I don't yet? Like I'm just so curious about like how do you, you know, what are you seeing right now as your brain's developing and just like you're living in this crazy world. Yeah. Um, I remember this one time me and a buddy of mine were standing outside of uh, just down the street in front of a coffee shop here. And uh, one of our other friend's kids walked outside and he was eating something and neither of us knew what it was. And we asked him and he told us. And that just sounds like it's not like any big to do. But when something that you like you saw be like a little squishy thing of tissue and bones mm-hmm. like can give you information that you didn't yeah. have prior. Yeah. That's a, a crazy phenomenon. I'm just yeah. like, how did you don't even know what to think is yet. Yeah. And you're like telling me things I don't know, yeah. you know. And I think, like, that's, there's something really beautiful about that because I get, like, so caught in the muck of, like, all the complexity of the world and stuff Mm -hmm. instead of, like, looking at a child and just being, like, I just want to learn to listen or or learn to see, um, yeah, how, how you see the world. What do you think, I mean, what, what do you think has been the, the, the best thing, the, 
that you've encountered in your career and maybe would have been so like the lesser great things? I mean, I know you work with like a lot of um, victims of abuse and, mm-hmm. and all those things. So I don't really obviously want to go into that. Yeah. But I mean, more of like what have been the victories for you personally? What have been the defeats or, or what what are those? What does your high and low moments look like? That's a, that's a good question. You know, it's I think it's less about a specific moment than it is about feeling like a confidence that mm-hmm. I had. So I... Um, or like he achieved something, something yeah, like that. Yeah, just, I remember one of my first criminal cases, I walked into the magistrate here, Riley's office, and I mean, it was all men, and it was mm. police officers and lawyers, everyone was a man, and I was like, and like, I remember like pretending that I really knew what I was doing, even right. though I didn't, and, I, yeah. and now it's the point where that doesn't, like it doesn't even like I already I'm, right. I have more confidence and mm-hmm. and it's from doing what I do and and it, so it's little things like that I look back when I was more naive and, mm. and scared you know or times when I've stood up for people um and I think of it like I, I remember one case I had um the defendant who had threatened the victim um it was after court was supposed to end but he came back in and he started like threatening her there in the courtroom and i jumped right in front of him and i started yelling at him and then i look back and i think oh man that was kind of dumb he could have really <laughs> yeah could have no, really been hurt yeah. but but you know i just it's little things i don't remember specific cases and i couldn't tell you how many trials i had or, or, or anything like that but mm-hmm. i can remember specific feelings of feeling like ah, like the right thing happened here or the right thing didn't happen and this is what should have happened and then being concerned and not sleeping for Mm -hmm. a couple days because am I going to get the call that something happened? You know what I mean? So it's more about specific instances where I felt a certain way than than any like oh i won this trial right and i think that that's like definitely a better way to come at it right because again like if the goal is just make make the world better again Mm -hmm. broad and vague but like totally doable by like seeing what's in front of you and taking that and making it better you know Mm -hmm. to whatever degree you can and it's man i i i I really admire your, or just anyone who would be able to be willing to go into like law or any sort of thing where you have to deal with the fate of individuals, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because that just has to be terrifying because again, you just go back to this whole balance of like, um, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, again, if it's an abuser, I want to make sure that your victims are taken care of and Mm -hmm. they, they get the justice that they deserve, but also, and that you get the, you know, that you have to go and you have to pay for the crime you've done, but also that there is a hope for you to walk out of that. And that's like really where my heart, like if I, if I was concerned with the um, criminal justice system and all that's, it would be prison reform. I think for me is like one Mm -hmm. of the biggest, like this is supposed to be a, a, um, I mean, uh, what do they call them? Like correctional facilities, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to go and be corrected. And you know, again, like, it's it's the problem is is that the all these words sound so harsh mm-hmm. and like you know you're like you're guilty and like you need correction and like all of these things because it's like we don't again we just live in this society where it's just like you're just bad and just you're in mm-hmm. the bad people group now mm-hmm. there's no nuance of mm-hmm. like well maybe you had a terrible childhood or maybe you, all you've ever known is dealing drugs or mm-hmm. or whatever it is um I yeah and I. 
I think, yeah, like I said, for me, that would be my heart of like, you know, how do we send these people to these places um, and hope, and, er, not just hope, because hope is a beautiful thing, but actually set into place things and programs that will actually um, help redeem these individuals. But then in my head, I can hear, I know, another voice being like, well, they have to choose to want to be redeemed, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's that's a whole a whole nother issue. Yeah. And so, they have to choose that, and then there is, there is there a mental health issue, and is that mm-hmm. affecting their ability to make that choice, to mm-hmm. do that? And it's like, Are they just playing that up because they know yeah. that, you know, a compassionate person will mm-hmm. eat that up, and then they're just being manipulative, and that's, mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing, man. And that's, you know, that's why the word judge is the word that it is, mm-hmm. right? Like, because you have to sit there and be able to be like, no, like, this, this is, this calls for more than just, like, black or white yeah right Mm -hmm. so well and just kind of going off of that if you were to become a judge what would what would you hope that that would look like for you or or hope that you would be able to do in that position well i mean judges do so much stuff right it's very some of it's very uh, it's like a formula and you go in and you do your stuff and you can get your name change or Mm. you know i think what it would look like for me is and and again, a lot of this is we started something called drug court. So they do drug court now, and that's run by Judge Goodman. And what I think that does is know that that's a focus on people who have addiction issues. But what it does is it forces them to be introspective. So mm-hmm. every once in a while, I get to sit on drug court, and it's like my humanity can be restored because mm. I I feel <laughs> like they the people in there they come in and and the judge is very like well you know how are your kids doing and how's your mom and there is this connection and and it's so hard to do that because of how overloaded the system is to do mm-hmm. that in every case but it's effective so is there something we can do to to really bring that together um and and it would be nice to have something like that to to have right. like people who maybe are very violent offenders but they have something um, low level and, and if and if they get involved in the prison system and and they could go down a bad road but maybe right. we could do something else and I was it was funny because I actually saw um, a woman who gave I was watching something on YouTube about a woman who gave she's a judge and I believe she might be a judge in New York perhaps like the Bronx Harlem something like that yeah. and she said one of the things she does is she she makes part of her sentence in order that they ha- that the the defendants have to like write an essay like mm. it, so they have to be more introspective about what do you think is like one of your best traits mm. to make it less like mm. this in this this crime while it deserves certain punishment does not define your entire life right so if you can be introspective and say i'm more than this well what am i well maybe i'm a great older sibling or maybe i'm an excellent spouse or something like that you know and and you kind of and i know i don't even know if that answers your question correctly but like but i love the idea of because I, I genuinely think that that's so beautiful to be like, listen, you're not just this bad person that mm-hmm. either, you, you know, society or yourself is telling you. I read this beautiful book um, by Alan Watts called Psychoanalysis East versus West. I found it for a dollar in a thrift mm-hmm. store up in New York and it, it blew my mind um, because, you know, it's it's a it's a book about psycho psychoanalyzing and I'm. I'm very big into that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he says is that it is, you know, it's 
the narrative that you tell yourself in your head about who you are isn't is is majorly infected by your society Mm -hmm. and how your society will condemn you for whatever it is and we're so easy to identify with the things that we do Mm -hmm. and not even you know understanding why it is that we're you know because we can't really fully understand especially in in times of rage or Mm -hmm. you know great passion like you don't have any idea what's going on you're not making clear like articulated choices you're just Mm -hmm. kind of going off of animal instinct Mm -hmm. and he he talks a lot about you know it's 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 crushing for the individual to live in a society because of the fact that you know obviously we is he makes the point of like we need to live in societies because we're pack creatures we need Mm -hmm. each other like we need interaction it's you know keeps us literally sane but then to any any time that there are people interaction, there will automatically become laws in between them. Whether they're spoken or written, there's an un like there's a natural course of like this is the right thing to do yeah. between all of us. But that thing can be crushing for people who can't whether again, like it's because of their past or because of mental issues or choices that they've made, they can't escape this pressure of no, you're a criminal now. Like that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And like even like it breaks my heart, like because you know I've applied for jobs and I think like if I had a felony right now, like how and I understand mm-hmm. I understand like why like it's good to be informed about who you're hiring and all these things, but like just the shame of being like. I did this thing, I paid my, like, time, but I still have to tell you that, like, I did this. And again, mm-hmm. like, I understand, but it's, I I wish we had the same compassion for people who did stuff like this the same way we do for people who, you know, break their arm or, like, speed and break the law like that or, or do something like that because it's like well we understand that it's because of your circumstances and how you ended up and and mm-hmm. obviously i'm not trying to like forgive anybody for anything but like you're saying there's a whole lot of reasons that a person ends up where they are mm-hmm. and if we don't make the intentional choice to like sit down and mm-hmm. listen to this person and again like they have to be honest and truthful and like wanting the redemption as well it can't just mm-hmm. be like i'm gonna give you the best sob story you've ever heard which i'm sure you get like all well that's a good question how do you do you do you have to like walk how do you perceive like what is their like (laughs) i'm gonna bring up a random story from the bible and and (laughs) and we'll just go from there there's this uh king named king solomon and he has to make a decision between this these two women are fighting over a baby and they're like it's my baby no it's the other baby you know it's my baby and Solomon says, well, bring me a sword and I'll cut the baby in half and one half can go with the other one and the the other half can go with the other. And the one woman said, oh, like, no, like, don't cut it in half. Like, please just give it to the other woman. It's fine. And he's like, oh, that's your baby because I know that a real mother would be like, it's better for it to be alive and somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So all that to be said is, you know, he clearly had this sort of like, little trick up his sleeve of being like this will like help me decide or decipher between all of this is that like do you have i don't want to like you don't have to bring up any tools but like i don't know how do you how do you walk this path of like gauging a person or or something like that what does that look like um well i i think you can tell a lot just by how a person presents themselves or even how they may have interacted with the police or 
you know, when we live in such small communities here in this county, mm-hmm. you know, people will steal something from a convenience store. To, uh, and the store owner will come and be like, yeah, I know his mom. Like, he's a good kid. Why Why is <laughs> yeah. he doing this? It makes no right. sense. You know, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and we take all of these things together with, you know, right. uh, you know, I'll be sitting in a magistrate court and I'll have the convenience store guy be like, you know, I... I just want this kid to straighten out. He needs to, okay. And then, you know, uh, see what, what does the mm-hmm. officer think? How is he with you? Yeah. He, you know, he was really great. He was fine. And, and we'll try and come up with a resolution that maybe doesn't end up with that person having the charge. Maybe we'll say, well, listen, let's, let's see, does he have an underlying drug issue? Mm-hmm. Um, is this appropriate for maybe a drug court? Could he get ARD? So that's like a program we do before, um, that allows people to do like a probation, but then mm-hmm. they can have their record expunged and it completely goes away. Right. Um, so is that something we want to do because we think they need more help with maybe like a mental health evaluation, substance abuse treatment, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of work it out. But I think that's the benefit of living in our, our smaller towns that we have, our little area that we you know, I can get that input from a lot of people. Right. It's a lot easier than like in a big city where like yeah. somebody like comes in and robs a liquor store and then they're just gone into the yeah. ether of a million yeah. other people, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that's, I think that that's really great. Um, because I think, again, because it's not like they didn't just, there isn't this thing called the law that exists and you offend it or like mm-hmm. it just, the law is just this complex thing of, these mm-hmm. rules and whatever that overlap, but there's people that these laws are supposed to help and represent mm-hmm. and keep safe and all of these things. So it's, you want to go back to the person and again, mm-hmm. taking the example of the convenience store being like, well, like what, what do you like, how do you see this playing out in a fair and just way? Cause I think, you know, that's good to be like, to get that person being like, you know, obviously you don't have to go off of it because if they're mm-hmm. a crazy person and they say, you know, we put them on a rocket and we send them to the moon. Like, it's yeah. like, well, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I think that that's, that's great because you're bringing the offended party in as well. And again, if it's about reconciliation or redemption, then that's really where that's brought about because you're, you're talking with the person mm-hmm. who's, Mm-hmm. you know been offended or a, um, a victim or whatever and you ask like because again it's about i what i what i feel like you're, you're you're saying is this idea of feeling the intuition or just like you know being able to i mean we all can tell when we're in the presence of somebody who's like oh we should be a little like this guy seems like it's a little sketchy or whatever mm-hmm. it is you mm-hmm. know it's I, I mean i trip out about the fact that like nonverbal communication is like not even just like the majority but like the vast majority of how humans mm-hmm. communicate and it's crazy because it's like well what it's this intuition or this mm-hmm. you know second voice that we're feeling of just like it 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 knows and it understands and that's yeah and again i just because we have a society that's very like focused on like r- like I can only do things if it makes sense or if it's very logical. And then you talk about like intuition or like gut feeling about things. And then people get a little bit like, oh, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, there needs to be people who have that and can go off of it because we all have intuition and gut Mm -hmm. feelings. And I think there's a really good way to like hone that. And it has something to do with like having good experiences with actual reality and truth and like because then it's it's easier to tell what is actually fake from from Mm -hmm. not and yeah 
I don't know. I I definitely I like the idea of a ju- judicial system. A, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's multifaceted and yeah. not like, oh, you did this. That means this. Mm-hmm. Like where there's like nuance and communication. And again, I understand the unfortunately how overwhelmed uh, people in your field are with you know the amount of crime and, and stuff mm-hmm. that happens in this not just this county but in the country you know mm-hmm. um, and so not everyone gets that chance to get sat down with and, and talk to and it's it is a shame you know but it's also it's like it's such a big thing you know like trying to keep this country on a track that like it's not just gonna run off and like yeah. into anarchy you know yeah. like um yeah it's tough and i think that's why when we you know bring in a victim's perspective of it it does help us what is what what is it that you're looking for because i can look at this case and i can say oh on your second you know drug possession charge you're gonna do three months in prison and and that is what it is but if you like and, and if you have a case where you have a victim it's easier for them to say well what what are you look like what are you looking for mm-hmm. you know right because it's again it's about healing that yeah. person as well and it's yeah. like you're not gonna that that individual is not gonna be able to be truly healed if they at least and again there's something to be said about like having realistic expectations like mm-hmm. we're not gonna chop off a person's hand like this isn't like we've yeah. we've grown we have laws that mm-hmm. like pushes past and that's i again like it's one of those things of like we don't appreciate the beauty of it until you can really sit with it like um yeah like i i couldn't imagine living in a society and like i'm not trying to point fingers or blame or any or like or speak poorly but where the fear is is if i steal i lose my hands yeah you know like and that mm-hmm. that wasn't just that's not just a fear currently in the world but it's it's always been a fear like there's always been this the balance between how do we interact appropriately with each other, but also not like over punish people like because then people just live in fear and we can't yeah. have a society of people that just live in constant fear, you know, because mm-hmm. there's even something to be said about the psychic, the 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 psychological damage that would do on a person and then just that would just cause more like wanting mm-hmm. to do negative things because it's just fear, 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 fear. You know, I think it's like, I I don't know if you know these things at all, but on YouTube, there's like long, like meditation music, like just very calm, like whatever. Um, If you don't listen to them, I recommend just listening to them because they're very calming. And uh, I remember reading a comment on one of those one time and it said something to the effect of imagine what would happen if we played this in a jail cell at night or something like that, you know, or just this. And I love that idea of like, what if we brought actual healing into the into this system, you know, because it's it's again, it's not just the matter of like you we told you not to and you did it mm-hmm. like it's oh, there are issues going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes that like, yeah, we need to. Yeah, just have the balance for it. Know where to send you into the right place. And I, I do think that there should be, like, and obviously, like, I'm not saying this to you to be like, you. Not, I'm not going to vote for you unless you do all <laughs> these things. Like, I'm not saying that at all. It's just, like, me fantasizing about, like, this, again, like, 
because I don't I don't think we're a real full society unless we're actually actively trying to better the the least of these mm-hmm. you know like and I'm you know the saying of like you know you're only as strong as your weakest link yeah. and I, that's absolutely true yeah so I don't know good on you for being in a system where hopefully that you know we're continuing to make that link stronger and and all of those things um i can only hope right i mean well and it's just and it's just like you know it's just a i feel like it's a fight every day and some Mm -hmm. days it's a loss it's Mm -hmm. you know it's a lost battle or you know you see someone who you've represented and they may have had a, a horrible drug problem and now they're clean and and knowing doing this for as long as i've done it like i see a, a lot of the same people sometimes mm-hmm. and when they look healthy and clean it's like yeah you know good for them and then sometimes it's a heartbreaking day and you see them and and yeah. they're thin and you could tell they're using and right. you know it's like you know well yeah let's and try it, again right yeah. and i think i think that that's the like that's the beauty behind it all is to being able to be in like because it's not just that you're doing something that's good. Because it's easy to just sit and just be like, oh, all these beautiful things and whatever. But it's the fact that it's like getting your hands into like the nitty gritty, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for, especially nowadays, like it's really easy to just put like a post up on social media about how it like it's some encouraging quote to help the world to get better or something like that. It's like, well, that's nice and it has its place and like it can mm-hmm. be encouraging. But if you actually want to make the world a better place you have to do the things that are very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that those things go hand in hand. You know, you can't have a a more beautiful... Well, what I always say is you can't have a resurrected Christ without a crucified Christ. Yeah. So the world needs... it needs to get worse before it gets better. We can't just sit and just pretend that everything's okay. We can't just mm-hmm. sit and like say a bunch of positive things and then again pretend it's okay. Mm-hmm. We need to be engaging with the people of the world who need help, you know? And God, I was reading a, a Spider-Man comic the other day and um, there was this quote by Aunt May and it was... Uh, she was helping some criminal or something and the criminal was like, you know, I don't, I don't deserve this. And she said, help isn't something that the, um, or people in, oh crap, I dropped the ball on it. It's something along the lines of the people that are in need. It's, they don't deserve it. They're owed it. They're owed this help because it's, it's even implicit within the word of I need help or I'm in need. Those are words that, imply other and other doing something but it's the task of the individual to want to choose to help mm-hmm. and that's yeah yeah and that's i mean that's the tough part i guess and how do you put people in that position to to you know do you make them believe that i mean that they're worthy of help and mm-hmm. then like i said this is an act mm-hmm. that necessarily defines you mm-hmm. you know and then there are some people who are are very violent you know so Mm -hmm. it's such a it's a tricky thing oh yeah man i bet yeah um do you mind if i just go off on a long bible tangent again so because again because of this conversation i was thinking um and there's this there's this book in the bible called judges Mm -hmm. and it's about judges believe Mm -hmm. it or not and um I'm sure most people don't know this about the Bible outside of Bible nerds like myself, but there's actually a very strong political and like 
um, just say a political narrative writ- driven through the whole Bible because the Bible begins with the forming of a society mm-hmm. and then it builds to the society of Israel. And if you're a brave enough soul like myself who have read the Bible many times, you can see this clear through line of the people of Israel not understanding how to have this balance between law and what, you know, uh, perspective on realities. And so uh, out of that rose these figures called judges. And so I was thinking about them today, and they were just these individuals within this time and space that had to choose, had to, like we've been talking about this whole time of like putting themselves not just like at a far and like being like, this is what you should do, but actually yeah. like going into the nitty gritty, like a lot of them were warriors or whatever, but they're, yeah. cause they're like, I'm going to go into this because it's the only real way that I can see what the thing actually is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I, like, and then I, then I just kind of Bible geeked farther because then I saw like how like it, it just built f- from there from like judges into like higher political things and like how this whole society was formed out of that. And that, that I thought was very interesting that judges are somewhere on this like hierarchy of things that keep the country stable to mm-hmm. some degree because again they should kind of by the definition that we're throwing out here is, is be fluid enough to understand the situation but also like rigid enough to be like no this cannot mm-hmm. you know this cannot go unpunished you know to some yeah. degree whatever yeah. that degree is and man what a what a uh, not fun job. Yeah. Uh, what? A, what? A, I won't say not fun because that sounds bad. But what a hard job, you know, yeah. just like trying to finding dis- the right balance. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I and we see that too. Like you know, I do enough again that some judges they'll come in and they'll say, "All right, well, I'm going to let you out on bail, but I want you to do this. I want you to do this, and mm-hmm. I don't want you to do whatever." Mm-hmm. And they come back in and they're like. I gave you your shot. Yeah. And you told me you were going to do this. Right. And you didn't. And now I have to, you know, yeah. keep you in prison or, or like right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I do see that where they'll remember who the people are. And, right. Yeah. And I and it's like, a, yeah, I think that's an important as well, because, again, like you're understanding that like, I, like in just seeing like, um, yeah. Uh, like, you know, just, you know, a person sat down in front of you and then on the list it says this is the third time that they've done whatever. And mm-hmm. just like, oh, third time that equals blah, blah, blah. Again, it's so heartless and callous to just mm-hmm. like to see them as a, an equation in a figure rather mm-hmm. than like a living, breathing thing. Yeah. And again, obviously the balance is like, how do you, but like maybe, and it's, it's easy for for me because I guess I probably I haven't been the victim of like anything very violent or anything mm-hmm. that's really been traumatic to me in that sense so it's I maybe am more forgiving or or it's easier for me to be like oh like of course we can fix these people because yeah, yeah. no one's ever punched me in the face really <laughs> hard you know and I'm like oh maybe if somebody did I'd be like well I feel a little bit differently now um but I also I yeah And again, this is just like my weird struggle of just sitting with people and just being like, well, I know you're only here because of whatever happened to you. But I also know that you can't there's a certain way to treat people. And then that's usually where like my like where I'm like sat, like just being like, I don't know what to do other than to just love you and just be like the best version of Mm -hmm. myself and like 
hopefully, I mean, obviously there's a, a whole law system that is hopefully going to be able to help them and, and redeem them. But uh, so that leads into a good question. How would you encourage individuals to help their society so that we because i think it's a lot easier to just be like oh there's judges they can just figure it out and they'll fix it and like they'll be the people or like police officers and obviously they have their role and they should be handling things that other people shouldn't but i don't know is there is there any sort of encouragement that you would give to just your every average run-of-the-mill person just of how do you how do you make this town better how do you how do you try to get rid of crime how do you do whatever well, I think, um, I mean, what I see is like, and I, and I think there has to be a legitimacy. So I think people, you know, and, and I've read things about this and talked about it, but if people see the people who govern them and, and the police officers as a legitimate authority for whatever reason, they're more likely to follow the laws. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that's one aspect of it. I think also there needs to be people need to be more accountable for their own actions and be mm. like, I, you know, I I did this. And I know we had talked about, like, redemption. And, and, mm-hmm. it, and part of that is saying, like, listen, I did this and this may have been a mistake. Mm-hmm. But it's that. I think, I think our society would benefit from people having um, more self-esteem and, and, and like, ins- instilling that in our children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and yeah. how do you go about that? It's such a complex system that we need to put together so that right. we can because you don't want to inflate anybody's ego no. right and then yeah. but you also don't want because again like it's all back to the individuals but like you don't like my my girlfriend um one time told me a story about she uh she used to work at this home depot that was located next to a prison mm-hmm. and so she said like she'd be like sitting in her car smoking a cigarette on her lunch break and like she's like it it would happen to me multiple times people would come out of the prison and they're just like can i have a cigarette because i literally have nothing else yeah yeah and like she's like yeah like of course you can because like you you you're you're a person behind all these things like Mm -hmm. she's like i don't know what got you in there like it could have been the most Mm -hmm. awful thing but now you're out you did your time you you just need a cigarette like i understand i would probably need one too and I think that that's like, like we talked about earlier, is just getting past this like, this place of like, all because you know, obviously, again, like keeping everyone safe and understanding, mm-hmm. you know, a person's history is important and all those things, but not. I don't think it's best for anyone to just constantly be looking at any individual and just being like, "You're this person. You are this person, regardless yeah. of what happened." I understand, like. Um, you know, in, in AA or addictions, you need to, like, affirm of, like, I'm an addict and I always will be an addict. Mm-hmm. That's that's different and that can be crushing, like, if you allow it to be, but it's more of a positive affirmation about the negative side of yeah. you, of being like, I know I have this thing and it's a it's it's the thing that exists around me. It's not, it's not me at my mm-hmm. core, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think until... Because it's, it's so much easier to just be like, you're a lawyer, you have hair. You, it's, it's so much easier to just quantify yeah. the, the things that you can see with your eyes or like mm-hmm. the things you've been told or whatever than to actually like, God forbid, go into a person and like explore the, the 
like I said, the universe that that is the individual. You yeah, know? That, and I I pick up like weird little quotes that help me along in my sure. life, you know. And and one of them being, and I think it was Mister Rogers who said it, something like, um, "You can't hate someone after you hear their story. It's mm. difficult to do that." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I I think about a lot. Like if people would take the time to kind of understand where someone's coming from, they may not hate them. They may not agree with them, and but but at least there's that you know when i there's a negating of hate yeah which is important yeah and i think people when you talk about where do you start i think for me it's looking at life like i'm not owed this like Mm. uh, i have rights as under the constitution but less of what is owed to me and more what is my obligation as part of the society Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so it's not like well i deserve to have whatever because I'm this and I'm that. It's more like, what is my obligation because of the job I have or the role I play, you know? And and that's characterizes a million things. So like, my what is my role as an attorney? And what is my role as like a mother? Like, what is, what is mm-hmm. my obligation? It's not like I want my children to behave and they need to get straight A's. It's like, what is my responsibility to them? Like, it's to teach them how to navigate life, right. not to do well so it reflects like, oh, I'm doing an excellent job. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think if we could look at society like that, and people will take advantage of you, and, and that's, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you need to look at it as, what is what is my obligation? Mm-hmm. I'm here um, trying to make things better. What is What am I obligated to? to give back right well yeah because i i definitely think that there's this again just using the word obligation for people because i'm i'm this always blows my mind because i always get very flabbergasted by people who are older than me but less polite than i am because i'm like I was told my whole life to be nice to other people, which in my head means that since you're older, you were probably told at least 30 (laughs) years of that time, you should be a nice person, you know, like, um, and so, so I, I think it's, I think we we were talking a little bit about this off mic and and in this podcast of like it's it's easier to just sit on the sidelines and Mm -hmm. be neutral, Mm -hmm. do a little bit of bad here and there, do a little bit of good here and there and just kind of like do whatever than it is to try to just I'm only going to do good. Mm -hmm. And like maybe that's like a fool's errand, but boy, it's better to be trying to run up that hill than to just kind of be like, I don't know, passively just letting the world just go by you or whatever yeah and i and i do you know who Brene brown is have you ever read her no she, she writes books she's um anyway one of the things that she often quotes is this man in the arena mm-hmm. quote by theodore roosevelt and i actually okay. put it on my facebook page but it's like yeah. you know don't judge me unless you're gonna get in the arena and mm. and fight and sometimes you know you win and sometimes you don't win but it, the idea is to dare greatly. So mm-hmm. it's easy to sit on the sidelines and say, well, they should have done this, they shouldn't have done that, or this is the way things should be. But it's a whole different story to say, I'm going to, like, like sometimes I feel I'm going to stand up for someone here mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to court for them and I will fight tooth and nail and I may lose terribly. Right. But the victory for me is just stepping into that space and, and having someone say, like, this person has my back, right. you know? Yeah. 
Well, we're we're coming up close to an hour. Is there anything you'd like to say to uh, to wrap this up? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, good. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on and doing this. Thank you for having me. I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I get really excited when I get to be able to talk to. I have a big problem of just like being like these are my thoughts. I'm going to throw them at whoever will mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to sit with somebody who knows an area of something, and then instead of me just being like this is what I think, and then it's like, well, what is the like the actual world? Because like you said, like obviously a judge does so much more than like just sit in a courtroom all day and mm-hmm. just be like J- you're wrong, like yeah. guilty, not guilty, or whatever. You know, yeah. like it's a lot more of that, and it's it's so. Having that perspective is such a beautiful thing because society is filled with that, filled with people who um, just, you know, have a different perspective on life Mm -hmm. because of their experiences, because Mm -hmm. of their careers, whatever it is, that the way that they perceive life and the way that they, you know, just engage with it is is Mm -hmm. different from person to person. And if there's anything we're saying through this podcast is every person is a is unique every person is a universe and Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's it's there's just a lot of fun in exploring individuals yes there is yeah so yeah thank you so much for coming on thank you for Uh, having me i appreciate it um yeah so thank you for listening everybody i guess we should say that um yeah if you are new to the podcast or whatever um depending on how you're listening to this we have video and audio versions so if you're watching the video subscribe to the audio if you're listening to the audio subscribe to the video and you'll see me waving um but yeah uh we also have a patreon account if you want to sign up for that get some free bone or not free bonus content but bonus content um yeah and uh buy your books i i got i bought the books and and you signed them so i'm gonna get them today yep they're sitting right over there thank you i uh i have way too many like stuff because i'm a musician like i'm an author and then i do this and like i feel weird cross promoting like my books because i'm like well this isn't well thank you for that but i have books books. if you want to buy books go ahead buy books um i won't stop you so thank you (laughs) all right gang um thanks for stopping by make sure that uh you love your neighbor as yourself and that you love yourself. All right. Good night, everybody.